friends, welcome to another episode of my podcast. In this episode, we are looking at the persistence of Elisha. Keep in mind that we are still considering the general subject of strategic positioning. This is part 3. In part 1 and part 2, the Lord had opened our eyes to learn from Zacchaeus as well as the quotes that was tied. I trust the Lord is, you know, giving us new strategies already. I trust the Lord is helping us to get in shape for those things we have been praying for, for those things we have been hoping for, and for those things we are believing to come, and for those are our goals and our visions that have been written on our vision boards. In this episode, which is, you know, strategic position part three, but we're considering the persistence of Elisha. In 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1 to 15, it's a lengthy scripture that I'm not going to read in this episode, but I would like you to read that scripture. 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 to 15. Uh, in verse 1, we saw how you know the Lord was going to take Elijah in a whirlwind. And Elijah, Elijah at that time was in Gilgal. But fortunately, he went to Gilgal. He was there with Elisha. And in verse 2, this was Elijah telling Elisha, you know what, just stop here. You don't have to go beyond this with me. But we saw Elisha, who was ready to go above and beyond, just to ensure that what he had seen, the revelation he had caught, that miracle he knew was going to happen, such that it was going to be, uh, you know, such that it was going to be evident in his own life. Now, the distance between Gilgal to Jordan, you know, the, the distance between Gilgal to Jordan was approximately 7,000 miles. Now, think about embarking on a journey with a man for such amount of time. 7,000 miles was such a long time. And those days, I believe there were no vehicles. I believe there were no power bikes. I believe there were no jets. I believe there were no planes. So it leads me to think that there were just two options. Number one, they could have embarked on that journey with a horse or I mean, or an ass. Or they could have embarked on that journey on their foot. Regardless of whether it was on their foot or on the horse, something is sure they would have experienced pain in that process. Now listen to me, from our point A to our point B, where our goals and our vision will be realized. In that process, pain is something that is embedded in it. It doesn't mean, now this is where we get things wrong sometimes as Christians. We always position position ourselves to think that before good things can happen to me as a believer, I have to suffer. That's not true. Oh, before good things can happen to me as a believer, I have to struggle. I must have applied hundred times for that job before I get one. I must have wept. I must have cried my eyes out before God can give me a new job. I must have this. I must have that. That is not absolutely correct. That is not absolutely correct. The only thing that is correct is the fact that our processes are different. What you are going to pass through, what I am going to pass through, are not necessarily going to be the same. You saw this was Elisha who walked about 7,000 miles with Elijah just to receive the mantle. 
just to receive the mantle. Now, there are things to note. When you go to verse 3, the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel. Now, keep in mind, if you read that scripture, verse 3 and verse 5 tells us or makes us know that there were two different sets of sons of the prophets. There were some sons of the prophets at Bethel at that time. In verse 5, the other sons of the prophet were at Jericho. These were two different groups of the sons of the prophet. There are things to note. Number one, the sons of the prophets and Elisha himself, they knew that a miracle was about to happen. They knew that something historic was about to happen. Now, this episode is not about the mystery in Elijah's death. We would have dived deep into that, but that's not the focus of this episode. So, but let's just have the understanding, number one, that Elisha had a revelation of what was going to happen. The sons of the prophet also had a revelation of that historic thing that was going to happen. Number two is that, so second thing to note, is that the sons of the prophet saw a major miracle, but they were never part of it. How? How do I mean? And when they got to, if you read that scripture, when you go down to verse verse 7, there were 50 sons of the prophet that stood afar off. Two of them stood by Jordan. So, they literally saw what happened. If you go to down to verse 12, when Elisha, you know, finally got the man to, they saw what happened. And in verse 15, they came and they bowed before Elisha. They saw the miracle happen, but they were never part of it. Another thing to note from this scripture, I mean, because of time, that's why I'm not reading all of the scripture, but just picking a few points, we'll build on it, we'll pray and we'll trust God to help us. Another thing to note is that the sons of the prophets remained sons of prophets after Elijah was taken away. Interesting. But Elisha became the prophet. Can you see such transformation? Elisha, who was a servant to Elijah, was, you know, because that historic thing, because he got the mantle, he became the prophet. But the sons of the prophets remained sons of prophets even after Elijah was taken away. Now, what does that tell us? That tells us that if we fail to keep working, it tells us that if we fail to keep trying, it tells us that if we fail to keep praying, it tells us that if we fail to keep grinding, that we might just be like the sons of the prophets. Who were sons of prophets when Elijah was there? And even when Elijah was, you know, was taken away, they still remained in the same position. They will still remain as the sons of the prophets. But Elisha became the prophet. He became the prophet in the land. Elisha became the prophet. Amen? Amen. And then we saw how, of course, Elisha did you know, double of what uh, Elijah did when Elijah was, was on the earth. Now, interestingly, now while I talked about the journey from Gilgal, which Elijah and Elisha embarked on, to Jordan, where everything finally happened, I said it was a, it's approximately 7,000 miles. 
in that 7,000 miles, I had mentioned to us that definitely there was going to be pain in the process. And as I read that scripture, a scripture in the book of First Peter chapter 5, chapter 5, verse 10 dropped in my heart. And I'm going to read it to us. First Peter chapter 5, verse 10. This was uh, Apostle Peter that was writing to those that shepherd the flock of God. In verse 10, it says, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. He will restore, he will confirm, he will strengthen, and he will establish you. If God permits us at, at another time, we will look at the subject of suffering. Suffering. What is suffering? As, as, a, as a Christian, what do we see as suffering? Or perhaps, you know, is suffering, is it biblical? Is it from the devil? Is it demonic? You know, so all of these things, if God permits us, we're going to dive deep to see and to understand uh, what it means. Now, in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9, that was when Elijah popped the question to Elisha. What is it? What, what exactly do you want? It says, and it came to pass when they were gone over. When they had passed, you know, over the water, passed on dry ground within the water. He said, ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Now, they were walking, verse 1, verse 2, verse 3, verse 4, up to their verse 9. Keep in mind that sometimes those things you are praying for, those things you are hoping for, or those doors you are knocking, it might not open the first day, it might not open the second day, and it may open the first day. Congratulations, hallelujah, amazing. It might open the second day, wow, such a testimony. It might not open on the fifth day, but one thing if you keep moving, if you keep persisting, those doors are definitely going to open. Elisha displayed five things we're going to talk about. Elisha displayed five things, and we're going to close with that. The first thing Elisha displayed was courage. It takes courage to embark on such a lengthy journey. It takes courage. If you're waiting on God, maybe about a particular thing in your life, in your career, maybe it's marriage. It takes courage to wait. It takes courage to embark on the journey of waiting. So we saw Elisha had the courage to embark on such journey. Elisha had the courage to keep following, believing that my miracle will come. Something unique is about to happen. I'm praying for somebody listening to me that in your life and destiny, great and unique things will happen in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I need to let you know something unique, a unique miracle is about to happen to you. A unique miracle is about to happen to you. A historic event that you will look back to and say, Wow, I saw God. I saw God at action. It is about to occur. So, but you need courage. Number two thing that Elisha, Elisha displayed was readiness. Elisha was ready. Despite the fact that Elijah said, Just wait here. Just stop. It's enough. <laughs> he was ready. So as, as the Lord lives... And as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. In verse 3 and verse 5, saw the sons of the prophet tell him, Don't you know this and this and that and that? He says, I know. You know, he was ready. He was ready. 
So we've got to be ready. You've got to be ready for those miracles you are praying for. You've got to be ready. Number three thing that Elisha displayed was understanding. He displayed a level of understanding. I know, I know, I have the information. God has, I have the, I have the download of this spiritual information. I have the download. Number fourteen that Elisha displayed was maturity. <laughs> you know, sometimes we waste our time trying to embark on a physical battle with people that discourages us. Somebody comes to you and say, "Are you?" Do you think you are going to be great? And then the next thing is you are embarking on a physical battle. That's not what, that's not what you should do. You know, I, I imagine how, you know, the sons of the prophet who I see as the peers, the contemporaries of Elisha, I imagine such statement from their mouth, what it could have meant to Elisha. It could have been definitely disturbing. He could have, why didn't he, you know, uh, why didn't he pour out insults on them? Why didn't he wait there and then start fighting with them? You, how to overcome is not with a physical fight. No. It is to be dogged, it is to be focused, and it is to be prayerful. And the fifth thing, I'm going to stop here, that Elisha displayed was persistence. We've got to persist. We've got to persist. That miracle I am trusting God for, I've got to persist. I've got to have that never give up spirit. You know, on subject of strategic positioning, as we have learned from Elisha, we've got to be courageous, we've got to be ready, we've got to possess a level of understanding, maturity, and then we've got to persist. We've got to persist, we've got to persist. I'm trusting God that, you know, this word that has come out, uh, has come out with great lights to help us find new strategies, to help us understand what we should do, where we should be, and how to get there. The Lord will take us to our promised land in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Kindly share and God bless you. Amen.